it's time we start talking facts about the vax. So let's get started on this episode of Pushback. you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Welcome to Pushback. And oh, we're going to have some fun today, uh, an important topic that I'm uh, pretty fired up about. But before I get into that topic, I did obviously get some feedback last podcast that the Morgan Freeman clip that I played for you uh, regarding uh, racial tension and his take, which I thought was so important, uh, did not come through very well on the podcast recording. So I'm just going to read the transcript uh, so that you don't miss out on what he said. So he is sitting down on 60 Minutes uh, with uh, Mike Wallace. And Mike Wallace begins by saying, you find Black History Month and Morgan Freeman says, ridiculous. He says, why? He says, you are going to relegate my history to a month? And Morgan Freeman says, which month is White History Month? Mike Wallace kind of stammers and he said, well, I'm Jewish. (laughs) And so Morgan Freeman says, okay, which month is Jewish History Month? And he said, there isn't one. And Morgan Freeman says, well, why not? Do you want one? And he said, no. And he said, well, I don't either. He said, I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. Mike Wallace then asks him, how are we going to get rid of racism? And Morgan Freeman says, stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. And you know me as Morgan Freeman. Powerful, powerful interchange from somebody who who has lived it and recognizes it, that the answer isn't programs. The answer isn't government mandates. The answer isn't tearing down statues. The answer is in our hearts and a systemic conversational change about race. That there isn't any, just one race, the human race, which is backed up by science and the Bible. Today, we're going to talk facts about the vax. I teased this at at a previous episode And I want to get into this uh, 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 fully because of some real encouraging headlines that I saw on my computer today. Uh, One said Oxford coronavirus vaccine trial results extremely encouraging, the UK government says. Another one says vaccine trial yields promising results. One says the China coronavirus vaccine by CanSino seems to be working. There were many, many headlines about very promising results with the vaccine. And this is in light of our current sort of uptick again in coronavirus cases. Again, we always have to take some of this data and and scrutinize it because there is much more testing that's taking place. So there will be an obvious uptick. Um, But of course, there is also relaxation of some of the restrictions which also will result in an uptick. It's interesting that a lot of the southern states are getting hit because they are also getting hit with a heat wave in the middle of the summer, which means everybody goes back inside into their air conditioning, which will result in an uptick. 
uh, which is typical what we would see with influenza in Minnesota in the winter, where we all go inside when it's 20 below. <laughs> Same idea. So a lot of more social gathering in, uh, in climates that are, are very hot because of the air conditioning. Uh, so these are things that we would expect to see. Um, the death rates uh, are, are fairly steady, if not declining. And so that's still quite encouraging. And, and certainly our, uh, our ability to care for critically ill patients now has increased and improved, which was really the goal from the very beginning. And you can certainly reference my previous podcast if you want more information about that particular issue. And so I, I hear about vaccines and I think, you know, this nightmare could actually end. But I also think, but only if people take the vaccine, which creates this conversation that I believe will take place over many different episodes of my podcast, because there's a lot to discuss. And I want to discuss it honorably and conversationally with your input and interaction, because it's an important topic. Um, studies have actually shown that it takes, it takes 13 pieces of evidence to actually change someone's mind. That probably means that we're just stubborn people, I think. I don't know. 13 pieces of evidence. And so I'm not going to give you all of that in one podcast. On the other hand, I do want to present a case to you. And I think my point today is just to sort of clear the deck so that we can have this conversation honorably. I know this is going to ruffle some feathers. Not everyone is going to agree with me. Even those I love, my close personal family isn't going to probably agree with me. But I want to tell you that I am sincere about this. I have pure motives. I have nothing to gain, either personally or financially, through any of my positions that I take. But I do want to recommend what I believe is right. And I, and I told you that I'm an opinionated person, and so this is my opinion, of course. Um, but I want to present facts and evidence and, and use a sound mind to have this discussion about vaccines and, and even just the interchange that we have between modern medicine, conventional medicine, alternative medicine, some of the, the, these conversations I want to begin to have. And when it comes to vaccine, I also want to be very clear that I tend to be more of a libertarian by bent. Uh, I even took a survey test that kind of shows what is, what is your political uh, bent, and mine was definitely more libertarian. So I would never advocate forcing someone to receive a vaccine. But I also know that if most people are informed, they will make the right decision for themselves. And I think maybe even more importantly for their family and for future generations. So we need to stop with our suspicions, our animosities, our conspiracy theories, and really find out what is best for our culture. That's the purpose of this podcast. That's what that's that's my heartbeat. That's what drives this conversation. That's the reason I'm willing to take a little bit of a courageous step here with this and 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 really put this out there because I believe we need to pursue what's best. And I, and I believe that all of us have that in heart, certainly for ourselves and definitely for our children. Now, really at the heart of this conversation, in my opinion, is in order to have an honoring conversation about vaccines and modern medicine, in order to try to achieve common ground or to even to believe in something, you have to have trust. Trust. It's hard to even surrender to God if we don't trust him or believe that he's good or believe that he has our best interest in mind, that he is for us and not against us. 
So with that as a background, let me just tell you a story. I just want to start this conversation with my journey. You can reference more about this in my second podcast entitled, Who is Dr. Johnny and Why Does He Care? It tells more of my background story and really what has gotten me to this microphone. But I had an interesting journey just even professionally as a medical doctor working uh, full-time in the emergency department currently about sickness and illness and, and treating disease. And my wife and I were just very hungry for the things of the Lord. And, and they began to have what was referred to as the healing conference. It's still going on yearly down in the Twin Cities uh, and, and gathering uh, dynamic speakers uh, with healing ministries to come, pray for the sick, but also just to teach about healing and, and God's perspective on healing. And Amy and I were hungry and we would go to these meetings and, and we'd be filled with hope and, and we would see miracles. And it was a, a dynamic, wonderful time in our life. And interestingly, I would come home feeling somewhat depressed as I went back to my common practice as a medical doctor. And I, after, after I've seen and the lid has been taken off uh, of my spirit about the possibilities of God and, and his goodness and his desire that all would be healed and restored and that Jesus touched everyone and healed them of their infirmities. And, and it's just what he did. It was his job description. And I, I've been, I came back so inspired and also feeling like perhaps am I living in an inferior reality? Am I just catering to the humanity, the mess of humanity here on earth as a medical doctor? And I struggled with this. I, I struggled with, you know, am I, am I just twiddling my thumbs? And I remember I have a dear friend named Joel. Joel, if you're listening, hi, I love you. And uh, he has spoken into my life so many times with a lot of wisdom. And I remember Joel actually wrote me a letter. I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase. But he, he basically said that we always have to realize that sickness and disease is the job description of the enemy. And anytime sickness and disease is defeated, it's a win for the good guys. It's a win for us. And so he was he was exhorting me that when I go to work and, and I stamp out disease or treat disease or help people feel better and, and restore them physically, that it's a win for the good guys. And that the, the Lord works in so many different ways in the realms of healing. That to be part of that, to be part of his team, I actually felt encouraged and buoyed by Joel's words. And I felt like I was able to go back to work with a, with a mission and a vision that I felt like I always had, which was to help people. See, the sickness is the common enemy. And let's not forget that as we have this conversation. We have a common enemy. Insert whatever is facing you today, COVID-19, Sickness, disease, cancers, the things that our body is facing and fighting. It's a common enemy. And, and our goal here on earth as ambassadors of heaven and ambassadors of Christ is to be ambassadors of healing. Mark 2.17 says, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So I like to say this verse in reverse. A verse in reverse. As Jesus is drawn to the sinner, so doctors are drawn to the sick. I like that. So let me talk about medical doctors. I am one. So I have a unique perspective as I, as I bring these series of podcasts to you. Um, I have many different hats. I'm a minister. I'm a physician. I have, I'm in many different realms. And so it gives me a unique perspective to see uh, where everybody is coming from and the dynamics that take place. 
myself and my colleagues, we are drawn to the sick. And I would just like to say, just to begin clearing the deck, that the colleagues that I work with, my partners, are some of the most compassionate people I've ever met. They are extremely intelligent. They are caring. And in light of this whole COVID crisis, I would even say courageous. And so when I see things on Facebook and things that are popping up about conspiracies and, 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 and the, the sinister motives of doctors, uh, it, it's, it's hurtful, honestly, and often inaccurate, mostly inaccurate. No one is perfect. No doctor is perfect. Our motives aren't always pure. But I believe because of what I've seen that the doctor should be given the benefit of the doubt, that their heart is for you and not against you that we have a common enemy in that sickness and that our goal in our heart is to drive out sickness. I'm, I'm floored by the response and the, the accusations uh, towards Dr. Fauci, who's uh, the CDC guy who's been sort of heading up this uh, protocol uh, for COVID-19 and the, the conspiracies and the, the stories that have been written about him. I think we should give him the benefit of the doubt. Here's a guy that could be sitting on the beach and not having to do any of this, but he, he's a public servant who's put himself out there. Why? I believe because he cares about people and he's drawn to the sick. And he has solutions and expertise and wisdom and history that could help all of us. But instead, he's being treated as sort of a villain from one of the Avengers movies or something. Where his, he has a sinister plan to wipe out the, the earth by creating a virus and then creating the vaccine and then becoming unbelievably wealthy. I, I don't know where any of this is coming from, but let's give the guy the benefit of the doubt and let's thank him for his service. So appealing to a Christian audience, is it, is it non-spiritual to go to a doctor? I know that there's been talk about that. Like, is that, is that showing a lack of faith? Well, I would submit to you that Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. And healing looked different. Jesus didn't do it the same way twice. Sometimes he just laid on hands and people were instantly and miraculously healed. Sometimes he spit and put mud on people's eyes. Everything was a little bit different because he just did what he saw his father doing. And so I think this is key, that it's okay to believe in the supernatural and proceed in the natural. This is a theme of this podcast that I believe it's both and. It's additive. That we, that we live in realms and we have a natural realm and it's okay to proceed into the natural and actually turn to physicians for help for our bodies. At the same time, believing in the supernatural. Because his kingdom, I believe, is additive. And he's put us here on the earth one for, for another. And he didn't give everything to one person. He gives uh, his attributes to many so that we work together, that we become the body. So someone like Dr. Fauci, who has a certain skill set, can actually scare, share his skill set with us so that we can benefit. Luke 9, 49, 50. Now John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. So anyone who is looking to heal the sick, we are on the same side. Remember, sickness is the common enemy. I have 
healed the sick in my job. I've saved lives. I've been that guy that put paddles on somebody's chest who was pulseless and brought him back to life. I, I, I've done those things. I've also been healed through medicine. I have been supernaturally healed and I've prayed for others who have been healed supernaturally. And it's all good. It's all additive. It's all winning, as my daughters would say. It's winning. I remember a quick story. I had shoulder pain. Buddies and I were throwing a football and I wasn't acting my age. And I I kept trying to throw farther and farther. And the next day I began to have shoulder pain that persisted for months. And it actually started to get a little bit worse. I was starting to lose strength, starting to have pain, uh, worsening pain in my shoulder uh, to the point where it was affecting just daily living. And I I would pray and I had people pray for me. And and the things that have worked in the past didn't seem to really be working. And I continued to have pain. And I I finally said, Lord, you know, I'm asking you to heal my shoulder. If not, uh, I'm willing to go to the doctor and pursue physical therapy, injections, surgery, whatever it takes, because this is starting to become um, quite a nuisance for me, for sure. And so I just surrendered back to him and said, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you tell me to do, just like Jesus. And I was running at the time, and I was running back toward the house, and I actually had a vision of my son with a sword in his hand, and he was touching my shoulder. The Lord just gave me this picture as I was running. I know it sounds kind of weird. So I went home and I think my son, I can't remember how old he was, maybe 12, 10 to 12, somewhere in there. And I said, hey, you know, I had this vision. I've had the shoulder pain. I know this sounds really weird, uh, but this is what I saw. You know, would you be willing to just pray for me? I saw this sword. So if you just want to go through the motion of pulling out a sword out of the sheath and touching my shoulder, I just really appreciate it. And so he did did that and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And, and just sort of went through the motion of touching my shoulder with the sword. And my shoulder was instantly healed. I woke up the next day with no pain. Jesus does it any way he wants to do it. And and the key is healing and the key is listening to him. And the key is overcoming sickness and disease. It's winning. So it's, I don't believe it's less spiritual to go to the doctor. It's not less spiritual to buy insurance, to check the air in your tires or to brush your teeth. These are things that we do in the natural, even though we believe that the Lord protects us. But many in our culture, and even in the Christian culture, sees doctors as foes, especially in the realm of alternative medicine. See, my perspective is that doctors often dismiss alternative medicine, and they position, and alternative medicine people position themselves as alternatives. And in order to do that, unfortunately, I believe they need to degrade, defame, or cast suspicion. They set up conventional medicine as reckless, dangerous, sinister, so as to prevent to present an alternative. But there is the problem. Because we need in the kingdom, in our culture, to be transparent and collaborative. It's hard to be alternative and collaborative. So why do doctors dismiss alternative medicine? Well, it's because we've been raised and trained in what we call evidence-based medicine. It aims, uh, the definition of evidence-based medicine is aiming for the ideal that healthcare professionals should make conscientious, explicit, and judicious use of the current best evidence in their everyday practice. And that is through studies, through literature, through evaluating outcomes. 
And the problem with that is that takes time and that takes money and it opens yourself up to scrutiny. And so when claims are made outside of these parameters, doctors see that as dangerous and irresponsible. And a lot of times the alternative medicine realm has moved away from evidence-based medicine to what I call anecdotal evidence. So Aunt Margaret took such and such and now she feels better. Well, that's not evidence-based medicine. Or there is something called leapfrog evidence that I call it, meaning vitamins are good for you. Vitamins are easy to take. Vitamins help your immune system. So vitamins cure cancer. And so the problem is the leapfrog effect where there isn't evidence-based medicine that vitamins prevent cancer. You can't make that jump. And a lot of times in alternative medicines, they make that jump. And there's also what I call the straw man treatment, which I think is even more insidious, where oftentimes, and I've seen this, that those in alternative medicine has actually created a diagnosis that has no proof or evidence. And then they implement a treatment and they say, hey, the disease is gone. They built up something just to fix it, even though the something was never a something. See, I believe that we are supposed to be working together because doctors don't have time for a lot of preventive or personal care medicine. And so they are open to a lot that I believe that the alternative medicine society actually brings, but they need to be evidence. There needs to be, have evidence base. And so there's been a rub and a, and, a, and, a, and a conflict between the two. And I don't have time, but there's been many things that have been accepted in medicine because of the evidence that comes behind it, vitamins being one of them. Dangers of antibiotics, the use of probiotics, even chiropractic um, actually has very good evidence, especially in the realm of spinal care, to actually be superior to what conventional medicine can offer. So why does alternative medicine demonize conventional medicine? Well, oftentimes, I'm just being bold here, it can be about money. Now, my wife told me that I should never use the word all or every. And so this isn't all or every one who practices um, alternative medicine. But in order to, to create something that, that offers something as a product, you have to create a lack of trust in your competitor. So you trust me instead. And what I have seen and what I don't like to see is that it's been often fear-based. There is a fear-based mentality in the alternative medicine realm that that scares you into trusting conventional medicine. And there is a narrative that's created that you may recognize. Doctors are overpaid and they get money from prescriptions and vaccines. Well, I'm going to set the record straight that I don't receive a penny from a vaccine or from a prescription that I prescribe, ever. That is not a thing. Doctors get paid well, but I'm going to submit to you that I get paid well because I've had years and years and years and years of training and experience. A lot of schooling. And so there's a premium for that. There's a premium for my knowledge and my expertise so that when you come into the emergency room, you hope that I am certified and trained. They say that doctors promote unnecessary procedures. That may have been the case, maybe even in the past, but, but, but again, we are practicing evidence-based. So we are actually looking for things that actually improve. And, and, and we've been actually doing less procedures and surgeries, especially if the evidence doesn't promote 
improvement. Preventive tests are wastes of time and money. Again, we, we are not looking to do tests unless the evidence would prove that it requires a benefit or prevents further problems down the road. And finally, they say that immunizations are dangerous and unnecessary. And this is what we're going to continue to talk about. Because this is what I am calling for. I am calling for complementary medicine. See, we are parts of a body, parts of the kingdom. So let's clear the deck of all the, as my wife would say, CRAP that is floating around right now. And let's talk about vaccines. Let's talk about vaccines from a scientific and factual standpoint. Not with any other motives, not with fear. Let's remove those things off the deck and let's have a real conversation about what this is about. I'll reference you to my, my podcast episode 12 entitled Science and Virus and Bears, oh my, for some of the background information about this as well. But let's remove all pretense and let's look at the facts. Let's look at the studies and let's look at history. We can learn a lot from history. We've had vaccines now for quite a while. And let's talk about history and how they've worked and how they've helped or not helped. See, I want to start using words like complementary, both and, additive, iron sharpens iron, collaborative. So I will purpose and honor you by having an honoring discussion about this. I'm a physician. I'm going to give you my perspective and I'm going to use some facts and evidence to substantiate my claims. And I want to hear from you. See, I believe that the Lord can supernaturally wipe out COVID-19 from the earth today. And if you believe that, just say amen. And I also believe that he will protect me and my family from COVID-19. And I will take the vaccine when it's available. That doesn't make me less spiritual. It's just proceeding in the natural and believing in the supernatural. It's a both and. So let's start the conversation. Leave a question or comment, an agreement or a disagreement at gofam.org, and we will talk about this together. I believe that this is important. I want to share my heart with you in a compassionate way. As we go together to set and shape the culture. <laughs>